Good morning, people of God. This is Apostle Shirley Evans again coming to you today, Thursday, November 12th, 2020. Thursday, November 12th, 2020. And the time is 9.53 a.m. Thank God for another day. And the number 12 means to be joined. So here it is on a Thursday, the 12th of November. The 12th day of November. The number 12 means to be joined. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. To be joined means to be united. The other day I was speaking about you. There has to be unity in prayer. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. First Corinthians chapter 1. And verse 10 says, God wants us to be, he exhorts us to be in unity. Now, I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that ye all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, but that ye be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. I'm believing God is about to do great things today. He always does it. And so we're going to listen to what the Holy Spirit has to speak to us today. I pray that when you get this word and these teachings, that will meet you in safety, in peace, in health, with joy and grace and mercy. And let the joy of the Lord be your strength. I pray as you get the words that you will apply it to your heart and you will act on it in the name of Jesus. Father, I just thank you for this day. Here's another day. This is the day that you've made and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Father, I give myself to you that you have your way in my life. Holy Spirit, I can do nothing without you. So Holy Spirit, you speak to me, through me, to speak to your people that you love so, so much. I bless you. Whisper a prayer in the morning. Whisper a prayer at noon. Whisper a prayer in the evening. So keep your hearts in tune god answers prayer in the morning god answers prayer at noon god answers prayer in the evening so keep your hearts in tune jesus may come in the morning Jesus may come at noon. Jesus may come in the evening. So keep your heart in tune. Jesus, 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 what a wonder you are. Jesus, 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 
What a wonder you are, oh Jesus, what a wonder you are. Lion of the tribe of Judah, what a wonder you are. Lion of the tribe of Judah, what a wonder you are, oh Jesus, what a wonder you are. Beautiful Rose of Sharon, what a wonder you are. Beautiful Rose of Sharon, what a wonder you are. Oh, Jesus, what a wonder you are. I am thine, O Lord. I have heard thy voice, and it told thy love to me. But I long to rise in the arms of faith and be closer drawn to thee. I am thine, O Lord. I have heard thy voice and it told thy love to me. But I long to rise in the arms of faith and be closer drawn to thee consecrate me now to thy service lord by thy power grace divine let my soul look up with a steadfast hope and my will be lost in thine. Oh, the pure delight of a single hour that before thy throne I spend. When I kneel in prayer and with thee, my God, I commune as friend with friend there are depths of love that i cannot know till i cross the narrow sea there are heights of joy that i may not reach till i rest in peace with thee Draw me nearer, nearer, blessed Lord, to the cross where thou hast died. Draw me nearer, nearer, blessed Lord, to thy precious bleeding side to thy precious bleeding side bless the lord O my soul and all that is within me bless his holy has done great things he has
has done great things. He has done great things. Bless his holy name. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that put his trust in him. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Yes, we have a word from the Holy Spirit. He's given it to us. And I will release that word right now. He says, no good thing with I withhold from them that walk uprightly. But that's not the message. The message is in twofold. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And my message to you this morning is about Hannah's prayer. But the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. The word effectual means producing the intended results, meaning what you prayed for effectually and fervently will produce the intended results of what you prayed for. The word fervent means you prayed it intensely, sincerely, and passionately. Of course, the word righteous means someone that is blameless, good, honest, or upright. James chapter 5 verse 16 declares, Confess your faults one to another, and pray one for another, that ye may be healed. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And as I said, our message is about Hannah's prayer. God is getting ready to open some doors. He's getting ready to open some doors that the enemy has shut. Do you realize the enemy has shut some doors? I'll go to 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 9. 1 Corinthians 16 and 9, it says... For a great door and effectual is opened unto me. And there are many adversaries. That's the enemy. For a great door and effectual is opened unto me. And there are many adversaries. So yes, the enemy can shut can be right there and that's why the door is shut but got a good word this morning I got news the Holy Ghost is saying he's got good news Revelation chapter 3 and 8 Revelation chapter 3 because because God is getting ready to open some doors as God has shut. Revelation, God is getting ready to open some doors that the enemy has shut. 
is also getting ready to open some doors that God has shut. But we're not talking about, we are not talking about God is getting ready to open some doors that the enemy has shut. Revelation chapter 3 and verse 8 declares, I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it. For thou hast a little strength, and hast kept my word, and hast not denied my name. So see, the enemy had shut the door. God said, I know thy works. Behold, I've set before thee an open door. And no man, in other words, the enemy can't go and shut this door anymore. And no man can shut it. For thou hast a little strength and has kept my word and has not denied my name. God is getting ready to open some doors. God is getting ready to open some doors that God has shut. Genesis chapter 7 verse 16. If God didn't shut that door up, those people and Noah and his family and whoever was in ark would all been drowned. But God had already warned the people so they had time enough to get in the dark, but no, they refused. God is getting ready to open some doors that God has shut. Revelation chapter 7 verse 16 says, but I will read from verse 15. And they went in unto Noah, into the ark, two and two of all flesh, wherein is the breath of life. And they that went in, went in male and female of all flesh, as God had commanded him, and the Lord shut him in. If God didn't shut him in, Noah was going to let everybody in, and the story was going to be different. So God is getting ready to open some doors that God has shut. When it was time, God opened the, the door of the ark. God is getting ready to open some wombs. Some wombs are shut. Close right up. Shut right up. That he has shut. And God, some ministries, some promises that God has given us seem as though it's been shut up for 40 years. God is getting ready to open up these promises giving us breakthrough and perform what he said he will do. Now, I had a time two days ago where one of my doors was sealed tight and I couldn't get outside through that door. And I took a knife, I tried to open it and it just wouldn't open. And I said, Holy Spirit, you and I live here and you all, you are my helper. So I'm asking you to help me to open up this door and it just wouldn't. I took a knife and I tried and the knife broke in the door, but when it broke, he gave me a revelation that he's getting ready to do some breakthroughs. <laughs> and so I tried again, the door wouldn't open. I tried a cutlass, it wouldn't open. Finally, I said, Father, in the name of Jesus, I'm, I'm believing you because you always help me. And finally, 
when I opened that door, the Holy Spirit began to give me the message. And so in the natural, there I was doing something that God was doing in the spiritual realm, breaking through deliverance, breaking through some things that you thought God would never answer. It is now time. He's now answering it. This is time for your breakthrough. You've been crying. You've been pleading. Lord, how long? God, I'm doing what you call me to do. I'm walking uprightly. Lord, I'm in your word. I try to obey what you say to do. I love you, Lord. But what? All the heathen seem to, as if they are making it. And they're laughing at us and saying, yeah, you say you're serving God, but look, what has he done? You said this is going to happen, but, but now this is the time that he's getting ready to do it. The Bible said the whole earth is groaning and travailing for the manifestation of the sons of God. God is able to do just what he says he will do. He's going to come true. He's going to come true. This is the timing. The set time has now come. And so, Hannah's prayer. So I'm going to read you from 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 1 to 28. And I'm going to read 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 1 to 11. So here we go with the word of God. He is able. 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 1 to 28, it says, Now there was a certain man of Ramath, Ramathian Zophim of Mount Ephraim, and his name was Elkanah, the son of Jerob, Jeroboam, no, the son of Jeroham, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zoph, an Ephratite. And he had two wives. The name of one was Hannah, and the name of the other was Penina. And Penina had children, but Hannah had no children. And this man went up out of this man went up out of his city yearly to worship and to sacrifice unto the Lord of hosts in Shiloh. And the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phineas, the priests of the Lord, were there. And when the time was that Elkanah offered, he gave to Benina his wife, and to all her sons and her daughters portions. But unto Hannah he gave a worthy portion, for he loved Hannah, but the Lord had shut up her womb. And her adversary also provoked her sore, for to make her fret, because the Lord had shut up her womb. You're wondering why some things haven't happened? It wasn't time. And as he did so year by year, when she went up to the house of the Lord, so she provoked her. Therefore she wept and did not eat. Then said Elkanah husband to her, Hannah, why weepest thou? And why eatest thou not? And why is thy heart grieved? Am not I better to thee than ten sons? So Hannah rose up after they had eaten in Shiloh, and after they had drunk. Now Eli the priest sat upon a seat by a post of the temple of the Lord. And she was in bitterness. 
of soul and prayed unto the Lord and wept sore. And she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if thou wilt indeed look on the affliction of thine handmaid and remember me and not forget thine handmaid, but will give unto thine handmaid a man child, then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life. And there shall no razor come upon his head. And it came to pass as she continued praying before the Lord that Eli marked her mouth. Now Hannah, she spake in her heart, only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore, Eli thought she had been drunken. And Eli said unto her, How long wilt thou be drunken? Put away thy wine from thee. And Hannah answered and said, No, my lord, I am a woman of a sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but have poured out my soul before the Lord. Count not thine handmaid for a daughter of Belial, for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief have I spoken here hitherto. Then Eli answered and said, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant thee thy petition that thou hast asked of him. And she said, Let thine handmaid find grace in thy sight. So the woman went her way, and did eat, and her countenance was no more sad. And they rose up in the morning early, and worshipped before the Lord, and returned, and came to their house to Ramah. And Elkanah knew Hannah his wife, and the Lord remembered her. Wherefore it came to pass, when the time was come about, after Hannah had conceived, that she bare a son, and called his name Samuel, saying, Because I asked him of the Lord. And the man Elkanah and all his house went up to offer unto the Lord the yearly sacrifice and his vow. But Hannah went not up, for she said unto her husband, I will not go up until the child is weaned, and then I will bring him, that he may appear before the Lord, and there abide forever. And Elkanah, her husband, said unto her, Do what seemeth thee good. Tarry until thou hast weaned him. Only the Lord establish his word. So the woman abode and gave her son suck until she weaned him. And when she had weaned him, she took him up with her with three bullocks and one ephah of flour and a bottle of wine and brought him unto the house of the Lord in Shiloh. And the child was young. And they slew a bullock and brought the child to Eli. And she said, O my Lord, as thy soul liveth, my Lord, I am the woman that stood by thee here, praying unto the Lord. For this child I prayed, and the Lord had given me my petition, which I ask of him. Therefore, also I have lent him to the Lord. As long as he liveth, he shall be lent to the Lord. And he worshipped the Lord there. Hannah's prayer. And Hannah prayed and said, My God, my heart rejoiced in the Lord. Mine horn is exalted in the Lord. My mouth is enlarged over mine enemies, because I rejoice in thy salvation. There is none holy as the Lord, for there is none beside thee, neither is there any rock like our God. Talk no more so exceeding proudly. Let not arrogancy come out of thy mouth. For the Lord is a God of knowledge, and by him actions are weighed. The bows of the mighty men are broken, 
and they that stumbled are girded with strength. They that were full have hired out themselves for bread, and they that were hungry ceased, so that the barren had borne seven, and she that had many children is waxed feeble. The Lord killeth and maketh it alive. He bring it down to the grave and bring it up. The Lord maketh poor and make it rich. He bring it low and lift it up. He raised up the poor out of the dust and lifted up the beggar from the dunghill to set them among princes and to make them inherit the throne of glory. For the pillars of the earth are the Lord's and he had set the world upon them. He will keep the feet of his saints and the wicked shall be silent in darkness for by strength shall no man prevail. The adversaries of the Lord shall be broken to pieces. Out of heaven shall he thunder upon them. The Lord shall judge the ends of the earth, and he shall give strength unto his king, and exalt the horn of his anointed. And Elkanah went to Ramah to his house, and the child did minister unto the Lord before Eli the priest. That's the word of the Lord to us this morning. So, Hannah's prayer. I read to you from 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 1 to 28, about Samuel. And I read from 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 1 to 11. Father, we just thank you for your word today, for what you are about to do. You're about to give us the breakthrough. It is a set time. This was a set time for her womb to be opened. The book of 1 Samuel begins in the days when the judges still ruled Israel, possibly during the closing years of Samson's life. Samuel was Israel's last judge and the first priest and prophet to serve during the time of a king. He was the best example of what a good judge should be, governing the people by God's word and not by his own impulses. Father God, help us to get righteous judges so that they will judge according to your word. Samuel was the man who anointed Saul as Israel's first king. Although many Old Testament leaders such as Abraham, Jacob, and David, had more than one wife. This was not God's original intention for marriage. No, we change God's laws. We do what we want to do. It was not God's original intention. Genesis chapter 2 verse 24 states that, that in marriage, two people become one flesh, two. Why then did polygamy exist among God's people? First, it existed, it was to produce more offspring to help in the man's work and to assure the continuation of the man's family line. We do our own thing, but it was not God's intention. Numerous children were a symbol of status and wealth. Second, in societies where many young men were killed in battle, polygamy became an accepted way of supporting women who otherwise would have remained unmarried and very likely destitute. Nevertheless, polygamy 
often cause serious family problems. As we see this today, as we see in the story of Hannah and Penina. The tabernacle, year after year, he went up from his town to worship at the tabernacle in Shiloh. The tabernacle, which is a tent meeting, was located at Shiloh. Shiloh was the religious center of the nation. Three times a year, all Israelite men were required to attend a religious feast held at the tabernacle. The Passover with the feast of an the, the, the Passover with the feast of unleavened bread, that was one. The feast of weeks and the feast of tabernacles. It's still they still do it today. Elkanah made this long pilgrimage regularly to fulfill God's commands. Hannah had been unable to conceive children. And in Old Testament times, a childless woman was considered a failure. In our time, they call him barren. They say, you know, good. They call him all kinds of names. A childless woman was considered a failure. Her barrenness was a social embarrassment for her husband. Children were a very important part of the society's economic structure. They were a force of labor for the family and it was their duty to care for their parents in their old age. Yeah, it's their duty, but some children don't care for their old parents. No, they just leave them there and abandon them. As a matter of fact, some children say they don't even, they don't even associate. And the parents send them off to school and spend all the money and they come back, they're a lawyer this and that and judge this and that, and but yet they don't know their parents. If a wife could not bear children, she was often obligated by ancient Middle Eastern custom to give one of her servant girls to her husband to bear children for her. That's what happened to Sarah and Abraham. Although Elkanah could have left Hannah, a husband was permitted to divorce a barren wife. So that was, she could have done, he could have done that. But he remained lovingly devoted to her despite social criticism and his rights under civil law. Part of God's plan for Hannah involved postponing her years of childbearing. That was God's plan. So sometimes when God has called us and given us a mandate and given us an assignment and given us a promise, don't feel bad. You might see Susie run ahead with her promise, but that promise that she run ahead will not be God's promise. It will be an Ishmael flesh. She did not wait for God. Part of God's plan for Hannah involved postponing her years of childbearing. While Penina and Elkanah looked at Hannah's outward circumstances, God was moving ahead with his plan. Like how people would have looked at Joseph's outward circumstances, but God was moving ahead with his plans. Think of those in your world who are struggling with God's timing in answering their prayers 
and who need your love and help. By supporting those who are struggling, you may help them remain steadfast in their faith and confident in his timing to bring fulfillment to their lives. Hannah knew her husband loved her. She knew that. But even his encouragement could not comfort her. She could not keep from listening to Benina's jeers and letting Benina's words erode her self-confidence. Although we cannot keep others from unjustly criticizing us, we can choose how we will react to their hurtful words. What I, what I would do, I, I would sing. Until I sing, I made myself happy and I tune them out. Rather than dwelling upon our problems, we can enjoy the loving relationships God has given us. By so doing, we can exchange self-pity for hope. Hope thou in God, for I will yet praise him. Hannah had good reason to feel discouraged and bitter. She was unable to bear children. She shared a husband with a woman who ridiculed her. Her loving husband could not solve her problem. And even the high priest misunderstood her motives. He had no discernment. But instead of retaliating or giving up hope, Hannah prayed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availed much. Hannah prayed. She brought her problem honestly before God. Do you know something? There's a time to pray, but there's a time to obey. And there's a time to obey, and there's a time to say. There's a time to speak out what's inside of you. Say it. Say it. It's just like praying it. You're saying it, you're praying it. But the effectual fervent, you be fervent in your prayer. Hannah prayed. She brought her problem honestly before God. Each of us may face times of barrenness when nothing's come to birth. The whole earth is groaning and travailing for the manifestation of the sons of God. It's birthing time for real. It's breakthrough time. Each of us may face times of barrenness when nothing comes to birth in our work, service, or relationships. It is difficult to pray in faith when we feel so ineffective. But as Hannah discovered, prayer opens the way for God to work. Prayer opens the way for God to work. And the enemy tries to keep us and put us to sleep not to pray. Father God, I ask you to continue to stir up that prayer in me, that, 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 that gift of prayer, to stir it up in me. Be careful what you promise in prayer, because sometimes we promise some things in prayer and we get up off our knees and we forget it. Be careful what you promise in prayer, because God may take you up on it. Hannah so desperately wanted a child that she was willing to strike a bargain with God. God took her up on her promise and to Hannah's credit, 
she did a part even though it was painful i'm going to turn to a scripture right now thank you jesus for the scripture you just prompt me to say ecclesiastes yes thank you lord she made a promise to god what i just said just now we have to be careful when we make a promise to god blessed jesus be careful what you promise in prayer because god may take you up on it hannah so desperately wanted a child that she was willing to strike a bargain with god god took her up on her promise and to hannah's credit she did not part even though it was painful ecclesiastes chapter 5 verse 1 says keep thy foot when thou goest to the house of god and be ready to hear than to give the sacrifice of fools for they consider not that they do evil be not rash with thy mouth and let not thine heart be hasty to utter anything before god for god is in heaven and thou upon earth therefore let thy words be few for a dream cometh through the multitude of busyness and a fool's voice is known by multitude of words when thou vowest a vow unto god defer not to pay it for he hath no pleasure in fools pay that which thou hast vowed better is it that thou shouldest not vow than that thou shouldest vow and not pay suffer not thy mouth to cause thy flesh to sin neither say thou before the angel that it was an error wherefore should god be angry at thy voice and destroy the work of thine hands for in the multitude of dreams and many words there are also diverse vanities but fear thou god so when you make a vow to god keep it although we are not in a position to battle with god he may still choose to answer a prayer that has an attached promise when you pray ask yourself Will I follow through on any promises I make to God? <coughs> if he grants my request, will I follow through on any promises I make to God if he grants my request? It is dishonest and dangerous to ignore a promise, especially to God. God keeps his promises and he expects you to keep yours. Verse 18, earlier, Hannah had been discouraged to the point of being physically sick and unable to eat. She went into the depression. I believe she went in a depression. You don't want to eat. At this point, she returned home well and happy. The change in her attitude may be attributed to three factors. She honestly prayed to God, number one. 
She received encouragement from Eli. She resolved to leave the problem with God. This is the antidote for discouragement. Take it to the Lord in prayer. First Peter 5 and 7 say, Casting all your, all your cares upon him, for he cared for you. This is the antidote for discouragement. Tell God how you really feel. Be specific. Tell God how you really feel and leave your problems with him. Then rely upon the support of good friends and counselors. Good friends and counselors, not doubters. Was 26 to 28. To do what she promised, Hannah gave of what she wanted most. Ah, God gave her the promise, but she gave it up because she had already made that vow. Hannah gave up what she wanted most, her son, and presented him to Eli to serve in the house of the Lord. In dedicating her only son to God, Hannah was dedicating her entire life and future to God because Samuel's life was from God. Our life is from God. And so we are to surrender our life back to God. Hannah was not really giving him up. Rather, she was returning him to God who had given Samuel to Hannah in the first place. These verses illustrate the kind of gifts we should give to God. Do your, do your gifts cost you little? Somebody said to me the other day, boy, say, say, Miss Evans, they don't know the cost of the oil in your alabaster box. I said, no, they really don't know. Do your gifts cost you little? For example, you go to church on Sunday mornings. You do, you, 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 you put in a comfortable time. Or are, you, or, or are your gifts a sacrifice? Is it a sacrifice? She sacrificed her son to God. Are you presenting God with tokens? Or are you presenting him with your entire life? Samuel was probably three years old. He was not, he wasn't one. He probably was two years old. And I realized that when my little first grandson was around that age, one morning the Holy Spirit had me to go and buy a white, white cloth. And he had me to make him a robe. I sat to the machine and I made him a robe and for the altar. His father's a priest. And God told me to make him a robe. And I sat there and the Holy Spirit showed me how to make it. So he was one of those little two-year-old with this little robe on him on the altar. So therefore, my prayer was, I'm dedicating him back to the Lord to serve the Lord. Now, whatever he's doing now, it's okay. Because all prodigals will come back to the Lord and serve him. So, when Samuel was probably three years old, the customary age for weaning. When his mother left him at the tabernacle, he was about that age. His mother left him because she had made a vow that she was going to loan him to the Lord, give him back. She left him by saying, I give him to the Lord. Hannah meant that
that she was dedicating Samuel to God for lifetime service. She did not, of course, forget her much wanted son. She didn't forget him. She visited him, visited him regularly. And each year she brought him a robe just like Eli's. In later years, Samuel lived in Ramah, which was his parents' hometown. Hannah praised God in chapter 2. Hannah praised God for his answer to her. When God answers us, remember to praise him. Remember to give him the greatest praise, the highest praise. And hallelujah is the highest praise. Hannah praised God for his answer to her prayer for a son. The theme of her poetic prayer is a confidence in God's sovereignty and a thankfulness for everything he had done. Mary, the mother of Jesus, modeled her own praise song called a Magnificat after Hannah's prayer. We spoke about that yesterday. So here was Hannah womb was shut up by God, he shut it up. Mary was a virgin. That's a different kind of womb. Ah, uh, Elizabeth's womb was shut up. God had shut it up for such a time. Like Hannah and Mary, we should be confident of God's ultimate control over the events in our lives. And we should be thankful for the ways God has blessed us by praising God for all good gifts. We acknowledge his ultimate control over all the affairs of life. Listen, I get excited when God do anything for me. The other day, it was about three days ago, um, I got up after sending the messages to go and fix me something to eat before I got to the stove, doorbell rang and I opened the door and there, there was um, Minister Devon at the gate. Mom, I come to bring you something. What did he bring? I think it was eight or nine jelly coconuts. Mom, I need a cutlass. I got that cutlass, gave it to him. He barked those cutlass, those coconuts and poured that water out and took the jelly out. That is what I needed. I Listen, I give thanks for the little things. We should give thanks for the little things, the little things for everything. Hannah praised God for being a rock, firm, strong, and unchanging. In our fast-paced world, friends come and friends go, and circumstances change. It is difficult to find a solid foundation that will not change. The foundation will shake. Right now, the, the earth is, is shaking. Those who devote their lives to achievements, causes, or possessions have as their security that which is finite and changeable. Can I say that? Those who devote their lives to achieve achievements, to causes, or possessions have as their security that which is finite and changeable. The possessions that we work so hard to obtain will all pass away. 
but God is always present. Let us hope in him. He will never fail us. No doubt, as Hannah said these words, she was thinking of Benina's arrogance and chiding. Hannah did not have to get even with Benina. So we don't have to get even with people because God said, vengeance belongs to me. I will repay. She knew that God is all-knowing and that he will judge all sin and pride. Hannah wisely left judgment up to God. Resist the temptation to take justice into your own hands. Vengeance is mine, said the Lord, I will repay. God will weigh your deeds as well as those who have wronged you. Vengeance belongeth to me, said the Lord, I will repay. Leave it up to God. Because we live in a world where evil abounds and a nuclear holocaust always threatens, we may forget that God is in control. Hannah saw God as solid as a rock, the one who knows what we do. She saw him as sovereign over all the affairs of people. She saw him as the supreme judge who administers perfect justice. Remembering God's sovereign control helps us put both world and personal events in perspective. And so Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli the priest. In other words, Samuel was Eli's helper or assistant. In this role, Samuel's responsibilities would have included opening the tabernacle doors each morning. Now that's humility because some people say, oh, no, I know God called me. I'm not doing this. No, humility. So his responsibilities could have included opening the tabernacle doors, cleaning the furniture, and sweeping the floors. Oh, I went through the cleaning of the toilets and cleaning the churches. Yeah, I, I did that. I would do it again if God sends me to do it. As he grew older, Samuel would have assisted Eli in offering sacrifices. That means he's being promoted. The fact that he was wearing a linen ephod, a garment worn only by priests, shows that he was a priest in training. Because Samuel was Eli's helper. He was God's helper too. When you serve others, even in carrying out ordinary tasks, you are serving God. Remember that. Because ultimately, we serve God. Every job has dignity. Awesome. Every job has dignity. Hannah, what an awesome woman of God. There are many Hannahs in this world who God has given them a promise. But it has been shut up. They're wondering why they're not producing. But God had shut it up for such a time. God is getting ready to give you the breakthrough in your life. Suddenly, it's going to take place. Don't mind of the horrible things that you're hearing in the world. 
God is working in individually, in us individually. He's getting ready to open some doors that that God has shut. He's getting ready to open some wombs that he has shut. He's getting ready to open forth and bring forth ministries that seem to have been shut forever. And so this is the timing of God. Hannah's prayer shows us that all we have and receive is on loan from God. Hannah might have had many excuses to, for being a possessive mother. But when God answered her prayer, she followed through on a promise to dedicate Samuel to God's service. When he answers our prayer, I pray that we will do the same. She discovered that the greatest joy in having a child is to give that child fully and freely back to God. She entered motherhood prepared to do what all mothers must eventually do, let go of their children. Some mothers don't want to let go of their children. I always tell them, look at the birds. The birds have the little birds and then they feed them and they feed them and they take care and then they let they release them and let them go. When children are born, they are completely dependent upon their parents for all their basic necessities. This causes some parents to forget that those same children will grow toward independence within the span of a few short years. Being sensitive to the different stages of that healthy process will greatly strengthen family relationships. Resisting or denying that process will cause great pain and some parents are in great pain because they refuse to release their children. We must gradually let go of our children in order to allow them to become mature, independent adults. Some parents, the children are adults and they still wouldn't let them go. Some parents, the children are married, but they still trying to control their marriage life. It is so wrong. It is so evil. It is so evil. Fervent in worship. That was Hannah effective in prayer willing we must be willing to follow through on even a costly commitment she was willing to follow through on what she had committed to the lord of course she had a weakness and she had a mistake because her weakness was she struggled with a sense of self-worth a lot of us would struggle with that because you see everybody um, um progressing and then you begin to say, what's wrong with me? And the enemy will tap into our minds to make us feel a sense of self-worth. I remember I used to walk with my head hanging down. Holy Spirit said, no, no, I want you to walk with your head up. You're not proud, but you don't have to hang down your head. You are valuable to me. So sometimes you struggle with a sense of self-worth. And Hannah struggled with that because she was unable to have children. But God hears and answers prayer. He sure heard her prayer and answered her. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availed much. Our children, remember, our children are gifts from God. God is concerned for the oppressed and afflicted. And we thank God. Here it is, a great woman of God. And she said to God, as surely as you live, my Lord, I am the woman she she was speaking to 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 Eli. 
And she said to him, as surely as you live, my Lord, I am the woman who stood before, stood here beside you praying to the Lord. I prayed for this child. She's saying this after she brings the child to him. She said, she said to him, as surely as you live, my Lord, I am the woman who stood here beside you praying to the Lord. I prayed for this child and the Lord has granted me what I ask of him. So now I give him to the Lord. For his whole life, he will be given over to the Lord. Isn't that amazing? And do you know that God gave, gave Hannah more children? So altogether, Hannah ended up with six children. The barren woman whose womb was shut, God opened. And the first child she brought forth was a prophet to the nations. And not one of Samuel's word fell to the ground. Every word came to pass. Father, we just thank you for open doors. We just thank you for birthing of ministries. We thank you, Father. We give you praise. We worship you. We glorify you. And Father, help us that when we vow a vow to the Lord, help us, Father, to keep it the vow. We thank you for blessing us this morning with this word. We thank you for an encouraging word. We thank you, Father, that your word said to lean not to our own understanding, but in all our ways to acknowledge you. Father, we give you praise. We give you honor. We give you... Father, years and years ago, you said the word would become flesh and dwell among us. And it did. God answers prayer in the morning. God answers prayer at noon. God answers prayer in the evening. So keep your hearts in tune. You will see the suddenlies. You will see the breakthroughs. We can. We are going to see the answers, the prayers that we prayed long time ago fervently. It's time, it's set time for the wombs to be open. It's set time for the breakthroughs to happen. The open door that no man shall shut. Revelation chapter three and eight. And we bless you, Jesus, for your word today. And I'll speak that word again. Behold, Revelation three and eight. I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it. For thou hast a little strength, and hast kept my word, and hast not denied my name. Father, we thank you for your word. In Jesus' name, bless your people, Father. I pray that the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard their hearts and mind today. Grace, mercy and love to you and joy which is your strength to be with you this is apostle shirley evans today saying god bless you